I'm going to get into things. You might be wondering, what are, what are they doing? Where We've changed things around. We're just going to share this morning first up and then go into a time of worship a little bit later on. And I'm going to share a little bit shorter here today as well. So next week, we begin our Christmas series, The Gifts of Christmas. And it's all about the grace Uh, the gift of grace and what that means, what the gift of Jesus has meant. It's an absolutely beautiful thing and we'll have a look at some of the fundamentals of our faith. But I felt impressed in my spirit to, to talk today about another type of gift that we have and that is the gift of the Spirit that God has given to us. That He's given us supernatural gifts for us to use. You know, in many parts of the world, the thought that God could break into that spiritual realm that there is an evil realm and then there is a heavenly realm the the thought that there are demons and that there are angels the thought that sometimes we need the miraculous to come in and change something you know what in most of the world that's not a strange thought that's a pretty accepted thought when you think about uh, Latin America or Asia or Africa no problem But here's the thing, in Western countries, like ourselves, we're sort of drifting away from that thought, from that possibility. And why is that? Because we are so logical, right? We're so empirical. We like the data. We like the facts. We like it all to be lined up. We like the scientific proof to explain things. But here's the thing, it's not the full story. It's not who we are as people. What does God tell us about these things? That's what we want to speak about here today. We want to have a look at, does God have a different perspective? And here's the thing, I think it's incredibly limiting um, for us to even think that we've got it all sorted in our Western way of thinking, that, that if we can just line all the ducks up in a row, that that's got to be how things are, that that maybe there is a very different way of looking at these things. Now, we shouldn't dismiss the spiritual realm. shouldn't dismiss the power of God to work. In the, in the same breath, we shouldn't overestimate it and we shouldn't underestimate it. And I just want to talk to that for a minute because we can do both. We can go around saying, well, oh, you might have heard of this. I'm just a Bible-believing Christian. That's what I am. I, just, I don't need any of that other stuff. I don't need any of that weird stuff, stuff that makes me feel uncomfortable. Just give me the Word of God. Just, that's all I need. But the trouble is, what does the Word of God show us? It's continually talking about the fact that there is, <coughs> that there is uh, a spiritual realm, that there is a power that is available to us. If you look at uh, the book of Acts, if you look at Corinthians, Corinthians 12, Ephesians 6, the book of Revelation, the whole Bible, in fact, it's imploring us to open up our eyes to the fact that there is more to this world than the things that we might think. And here's the other way. We can overestimate it. We've all seen that before, where there's a demon in everything, right? Who's seen that? I'm going to cast out the demon of laziness from you, you know? The demon of laziness. I'm gonna, Brother, I'm going to cast it out. Come, come on over here, you know? I don't know why it's Americans that always seem to cop that. The demon of laziness. Well, maybe, how about this? There's a character issue in your life. Maybe you need to get some self-discipline. 
Maybe it needs the fruit of the Spirit to exercise itself in your life. I don't think there's a demon of laziness in, in every single person. So what we want to do is not go beyond what the Scripture teaches, but not underestimate the point that the Scripture makes. And my concern for this church, for any church, is that we can be a church that sometimes uh, denies those things, that pushes those things to the side because it makes us feel a little bit uncomfortable. It feels a little bit unwestern. It's a little bit what I'm used to. But it's very real. It's very true for us here today. You know, God is a God of structure and excellence and doing things well and planning. All of these, these things are true. They'll always be true. But without any doubt, <clears throat> we can't just look to those things without craving the presence of God in our life, when we gather together, in our meetings, in our connect groups. That's what sets us apart from anybody else. Otherwise, we just become the Rotary Club or the Lions Club or any other club that's doing great things in our world. And we should continue to do those things. But we're set apart. We're different because we have the spiritual power, the power, the supernatural power of God. It's what He's given us. And I just feel, I felt impressed lately in my own spirit. I, I loved, we gathered together, um, maybe a hundred of us at the beginning of this year. Maybe you're a part of that. And we just talked about the future for this church and who we want to be. And one little side benefit out of that that came up, we talked about who we have been in the past. And one thing that shone strongly for this church has always been the fact that we crave the presence of God, that we see God, see God work supernaturally. And even back then, it challenged me, to, to, it just reminded me. And I, I've sensed it a bit like this for us as a church. Uh, a church sometimes can be like a boat and you, you're moving along, the Spirit of God's moving you. But sometimes you just got to tack, right? That's what a boat does. And it just, it just says, I'm just sensing God wants to move us a different direction. Is it, the, is it radically different? Of course not. It's the same direction. When the boat is moving along, it's still going that way just moves back into God what are you saying at the moment and I think God doesn't want us to forget about his supernatural power and I want us to remember that as a church it's what this church was founded on truth is it's what the church was founded on and this has got to be something that we don't look at as as like a maybe pastor Trevor used to talk about only a couple of years ago he talked about having a doctrine remember this a doctrine of the Holy Spirit, but we leave it up on the shelf. So it's no good believing it, <clears throat> but then just leaving that, that gift on the, on the shelf there where we never use it. We never use the gifts of the Spirit that God has given us. It's no good to do that, but we operate in them. We take them and we grab a hold of them for ourselves. This is what God <clears throat> is calling us to do. You know, Jess and I, had an experience recently where we wasted a gift that we were given. We were given a um, movie card. Um, and we finally got around saying, right, it's time to use the movie card. We're all excited. And we rolled up to the cinemas that night and we were going to have this great time and we handed in the, the movie card to the person and they zapped it and nothing happened. She sort of looked at us and zapped it, nothing happened again. She calls over the manager, we're getting a bit agitated, what's going on? The manager flips it over and says, oh, sorry, this expired two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So what did I say? I said, unexpire that card. <laughs> I mean, really, you're the manager, right? 
I mean, I'm not putting down limelight cinemas or anything, but, um, but really, surely they could have done something about that. I love event cinemas, by the way. But anyway, I was just so frustrated. So we had to pay cash. That, I said, somebody paid money for that card. So no, I'm sorry, it's expired. You missed your chance. And it's the same for us. We've got a gift, but we've got to use it. It's been paid for. It's been given to us. Let's not people that be people that miss out on using these wonderful gifts that God has given us. And it can be like that for us as a church if we don't use those gifts. You know, the mandate of this church, we talk about it. Sally says it every week now. A unique church provoking lasting change by sharing compassion and hope. How did the church begin? It was a ragtag sort of bunch of people meeting in an upper room. Nothing was happening. They were just a bunch of people until Jesus says this. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When does it happen? When the power comes down. That's when the church is born. It's not just when the truth is told. It's not even just Jesus dying on the cross. It's when that day when that power came down, the church is born. The church explodes. It says it will reach to the ends of the earth. That's us, by the way. Now, we would not be here sitting in this church if the Holy Spirit hadn't come that day and empowered the church to be all that it can be. And it's got to be a revelation for us. We can do all of the things and the strategies and the mechanisms and the planning. We can, we can teach the best that we can teach. We can be excellent. We can have a beautiful venue. All of these things are great. They honor God. But it's the power of God working through our life with these gifts that he's given us, with the ability to articulate the gospel, with his Holy Spirit moving. That is what's going to see the lives of people changed, of you and me changed. And without the power... The church doesn't begin. Without that power, this church doesn't continue. So his gifts aren't something that we just give or take. They could be the difference between us and moving on as a church. So what are the spiritual gifts? A quick refresher. We go into a time of worship together. The Greek word for gifts is charisma. So that's where you get the word charismatics from. All right? Charismatic gifts charisma now what does charisma mean well the word charis which is the beginning of that little word means grace so somebody that i've read explains it like this it's like a little parcel a little gift of grace of god's grace given to us they're god's gracious gifts undeserved gifts that he gives to us so we don't earn them you might be sitting here today thinking, right, so it's the good Christians that get the gifts. Maybe you need to have been a Christian for a long time. No, they're undeserved, gracious parcels given to each and every one of us to operate His will in this world, to bring glory to His name because of this, this charisma, these little parcels of grace poured out on us. And if you think about it, it makes total sense with His gospel because who is the greatest gift? Jesus was. He was given to us. And in the same way, we receive Jesus not by anything we've done. 
And I just want to say that to us here today. That is the gospel message. It's not because of anything you've done. It's not because of how good you are. It's not because of how many times you attend church. It's not for how much money you give to the poor. None of that counts for anything except for the undeserved favor of God resting on your life because he gave his life for us. That's the gospel message. You can't be bad enough. You can't be too good. It's all irrelevant. What's relevant is us receiving the gift of Jesus and believing. And it's the same with the gifts. We receive them. We say, Jesus, I'm undeserving, but I receive the gifts. Holy Spirit, thank you for the gifts of your spirit. The gifts are many and varied. Today I'm focusing on the supernatural gifts, but there's a wide range of gifts. Uh, There's ministry gifts, things like pastoral gifts and evangelistic gifts, apostolic gifts. There's motivational gifts. They're a little bit more tied up with who we are as people, leadership or administration. And I believe the list goes on and on for for those sort of gifts. And we're we're all about discovering, what, what have you given me, God? How have you wired me up? Well, what, what, what's my purpose here on the earth? What gifts have you given me? But certainly there's the supernatural gifts. And by the way, if you want to explore this more, Sam Storms has a great gift, the, the Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. It's available in the Resource Center. Be worth you having a look at that. But the supernatural gifts are not something we should be concerned about, worried about, threatened by. They're a beautiful thing given to us by God to see breakthrough in the realm that we live in. And it's something we've got to hunger after as a church. Let's read the most classic passage on this, 1 Corinthians 12. Paul starts off by saying in verse 1, Now about the spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. I I really like that because he's sort of starting off where we're starting off today. He's basically saying, now don't forget about the spiritual gifts. Don't be ignorant. Make sure you keep them in the forefront of your mind. But let's look at verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. That is just a reminder from Paul there right at the beginning that this all goes back to God, that we're members of his body. That's what the church is. Verse 7, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. What does that mean? The manifestation, it's a bit like the evidence of. If I said to you, show me, show me the wind, you'd, you'd, you'd be struggling just to point at the wind. What you do is point at the manifestation of the wind. You'd show me trees blowing. So that's, that's evidence of the wind. I say, no, I want to see the wind. Well, I can't can't show you the wind. It's the same with us. It's like, how do I know that the Spirit is moving? It's hard to point at Him, but I can show you the evidences of the Spirit moving. He gives them to the church. They're ours to use. Verse 8, to one there is wisdom. Sorry, to one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit and he gives to them, to each one, just as he determines. 
Such a beautiful passage of scripture reminding us that God is the giver and he's giving it to his body to be used to build up the church. So let's just briefly walk through these gifts. Gifts of revelation are the first three that we'll touch on. That's word of wisdom, word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. Many of you here in this church at some point, I hope, have received that word of wisdom into your life. It's like God has all the wisdom in the world, but a piece of his wisdom speaks straight into your situation. A word of knowledge is a bit more like a specific piece of information. It's a a, a knowledge that God speaks into your life. It might uh, open up your life. Normally these words bring about a conviction or a revelation. And of course, discerning of spirits is is more about um, understanding what's happening in the life of somebody at any given moment. I was in a meeting only uh, two months ago and I just was refreshed again to see some of these gifts in really sharp operation. Um, it, it worked a bit like this. The, uh, the minister at the time which had flown up from Melbourne. He didn't know anybody in this church. He was standing there, sort of looked over and he just, he just operated like this. He would say, is there somebody, I just sense there's a Tim standing over here and he would, he would get... Uh, Tim and and what would happen Tim would say that's me I'm Tim and he put his hand up and he'd he'd say stand up and um and to see this gift operating is is challenging and and and, uh and eye-opening and he'd say now Tim I just is there a Michelle in your life is there somebody called Michelle and of course Michelle would go what that's me I mean, you think about the, that moment for you. If you were sitting there and it's like, that's me. If this guy doesn't know me from a bar of soap, he's got no way of knowing me. So Michelle would stand up and then he would say, now, he didn't do this, but if you guys can tell me, what's your wedding anniversary, Tim, you tell me, because that'll be a test at the same time. 9th of January, correct? All right, very good. Well done. So he didn't do any of that. And then he went, 9th of January, what does that date mean to you? Now, again, imagine that moment for that couple as their eyes are open to the fact that God is going to speak to them. And of course, in that moment, he then spoke a prophetic word over their life and spoke wisdom into their life. And they're open and they're ready because they've had a revelation of how God knows everything. Now, we know that in our mind, but to see it in reality is such a, a beautiful thing. And it opens us up to the revelation of God. I'm going to ask Scott Donald just to come on down. And uh, we'll need a mic for Scott. Scott himself has um, just shared a a little bit in this regard at meetings that he's been in. I'll just get you to share your story, Scott. So we were missionaries in China. We were in China and we were asked to, uh, this church flew us to Sutherland, Sutherland Shire Christian Centre. And Anyone ever heard of Sutherland? You've seen that on Channel 10, they had some series called The Shire. It was, I think it was pretty evil. So, but if you can understand that, that was kind of how the church was. It was really wild, wild church. So in China, house church, you know, a lot of miracles, amazing things happened. I don't think I'd kicked into the, uh, the, well, the Shire culture yet, right? So I was at the Shire, and they were, the church was determined to get every cent they could out of me. I was preaching to anything. I, they had me, like, preaching at all these events and, you know, this and that. So the first one was the youth. So I went into the youth, um, kind of, and I couldn't believe it. 
there was a guy on a unicycle, right, rode to this on a unicycle. I couldn't believe it. I was just staring at it. Hundreds of skateboards. They were all like a surfy kind of culture and this and that. Anyway, we got to the first part of the meeting and it was, this was not the worship band. This was the first part. This was the thrash band. So the thrash band played. I don't know whether they used it to bring a lot of unsaved in or something, but it was like, really getting into it and the thrash band was playing and the Holy Spirit said you got you can't preach that message and I yeah I said yeah I know what you mean Lord I'll have to and the Lord said I'm going to start to just use you there'll be portions of the scripture out of that I'll use but I'm going to use you with the word of knowledge and I guess I'm going to let the gifts move and these kids are going to get touched so okay and anyway I got up spoke so I had this word of knowledge that there was someone in the in the amongst the youth that their parents were really kind of unpleased or unhappy about them being in the youth group so through the course of the message I asked a couple of times I really thought that was from God I really thought that and no one responded and I was sitting down I was really kind of had it after the message and I was just sitting down and this lady brought her kind of small group and they're all girls and said this is the girl I said oh what do you mean and she said this is the girl her and so she let her talk. She says, my parents are psychos. And I thought, oh, that must be Sutherland language for <laughs> she's having a few dramas with the parents, right? So she said, my parents are psychos and they don't let me anywhere near this place. I told them I'm going to a party mm. and that's how I got here and I'm going to, you know, go back to the party and then they'll, you know, when I'll tell them a bit about the party. But it was kind of a party, the youth group. Anyway, uh, she said it real, and she said, that's me and they... We were able to pray with her and that gave her faith because yeah. she was just seeking the things of God yeah. and then that was it and it gave us so much faith to believe God. So yeah. that was it. That was the word. Now, Scott, we've been chatting a little bit um, so I'm fully aware that Scott has a, a word, I would say it's sort of like a word of knowledge or maybe a word of wisdom mm. for the church. So maybe if you share that, Scott. Yeah, for the last couple of weeks, I've just been praying, just praying in the spirit. That's a good way to start let the Holy Spirit move. And I, I really felt there was a person or people that you were a little bit hesitant with the things of being receiving a prophecy or a word because you're afraid to get exposed. You're really like, and Jesus just wants to say to you that he doesn't want to expose you, but he just wants to change you. He doesn't condone that's sin right. if you're sinning, but he just wants to put his arm around you and yeah, just come into great. Jesus' arms. Yeah. And that's what he wants to do. He knows. He knows everything. He just wants you to come close to him. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Scott. Probably real evidence there of a word of wisdom. That's part of God's wisdom, but spoken directly to us as a church. So good on you, Scott. Then we have gifts of power, which should be gifts of faith, healings, and miracles. Again, so exciting because these are the things. Who knows? We've all experienced this, that medical science and logic doesn't break through in the way that we want it to all the time. It, it doesn't have all the answers. This is why we need this faith gifts. We need power in our life. We need to see miracles and, and healings. And, um, and I have faith that God can, can change situations, moments, that he can heal people physically, that he can heal psychological issues that people are, are suffering with. Do I discount Western medicine or, or medicine? Of course not. I believe they're also gifts of God that God has given to people. And, I, and I'm amazed at what medicine can do. I think you should see a doctor. But sometimes medicine only goes so far. 
And we need God to break in in that supernatural power of God to do the incredible, the miraculous gifts of faith for things, to see miracles happen in our circumstances. I believe this church experienced a miracle a few months ago with the provision that he's given us. We want to see healing. We want to see breakthrough. Now, there are different views on this stuff and I acknowledge that. But I want to say this. There's also a sovereignty of God factor in all of this that I don't fully understand. But I know God is king, God is ruler. There are times when I've called out to God and times when you've called out to God and I haven't seen the breakthrough that I've wanted. I know fully in my heart that God can break through, but I haven't seen it. And I'm learning personally to ask the why question less and less. I just trust God in those moments. But what I, what I do more and more is keep asking. I keep knocking. I keep saying, God, you're good enough. God, you're able. And I've seen incredible things happen. And sometimes I've not seen those things happen. But this is the miraculous power of God. Able, always able. God is big enough to break through in these situations. Now, Anton, I, I think is here. Just stand on over there, Anton. Um, Anton is a, a great guy, <coughs> excuse me, in our church, who loves God passionately. I'm going to talk about in a minute the fact that we desire the spiritual gifts. I'd say Anton is a guy that's desired the spiritual gifts. He's been pushing into this area in his life and, and been open to it. And I just thought I'd get Anton, particularly in the area of healing, you've been pushing into God for. Can yep. you just share a story or two in that yeah, regard? Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks, Carl. Um, probably more recently, I was uh, about a month ago moving house and I had a lot of furniture that I had to get rid of. So I uh, went to a friend's place to drop the furniture off. While I was there, um, she just got the neighbour's kids to come and give us a hand. And I noticed one of the young guys, probably about 15, he had a hearing aid in. And as soon as I saw his hearing aid, I had that, that unction to pray for him, that like, oh, I should pray for that guy. And um, I sort of, I waited a minute and then I just said, hey man, what, what's going on with your ear? Like, I noticed you got that hearing aid. And he was sort of like looking at me funny, like, what, what are you talking about, you know? And I just said, look, look man, I just want to pray for you. Is that okay if I pray for you? And he said, yeah, sure. So I laid hands on him, prayed for him and... Um, like after the first time I prayed for him, he's like, yeah, it's, it's better. I can, I can hear better. And I said, is it completely better? As you know, just uh, talked it out with him. And he said, still a little bit. So I laid hands on him the second time. After the second time, he pulled his hearing aid out the second time. Uh, his ear just popped open. He said, I heard my ear pop. And so we did some tests and covered his other ear and whispering and all that sort of thing. And his, his ear was completely healed right there in front of his mum. And, and that, it was, it was, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. It was great. Yeah. God's good. Yeah. I was excited, but he was more shocked. I was like, man, isn't God good? He's just awesome. God loves you. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think he was just in shock. So it, was, it was really cool. Now, I love this story, a yep. big Maori guy that you yeah. interacted yeah. with. Intimidating looking fellow. Yep. Um, I was in the uh, car park at Masters a little while ago, and um, I had to do some stuff in there. I came out, and the guy, I saw a guy standing near his car, a real big Maori guy. He had tattoos all over him, and uh, he had a cane. And I thought... Again, that, that unction, that, that compulsion, I should pray for that guy. And um, so I, I went, oh, no, it looked like he was getting in the driver's seat. So I'm like, oh, no, I don't, yeah, he's, he's going, so I'll go. So I started driving off, and then I saw him walk back around to the passenger side. So I oh, pulled in quickly, turned around, came back, and I uh, thought, no, I'm going to do it. So I got out, I walked straight over to him, and I was like, hey, man, how you going? Gave him a bit of a nod, and he sort of looked at me like, <laughs> oh, who's this guy? I said, oh, man just noticed that you've, you know, you've got a busted knee there. Like, you know, what's going on? What happened? 
And he's like, oh, oh, just, yeah, I busted my knee. It was all swollen, you know, like really swollen. And I said, um, oh, man, I'd, I'd love to pray for you, hey? And he was like, oh, because he was smoking a cigarette. He looked at me and he looked at the cigarette like, what? I said, man, I don't care about the cigarette. That, that doesn't bother me, man. I just want to pray for you. Can I just bless you? And he's like, oh, yeah, all right. So he's like, right there, he stubbed out the cigarette. And he took his hat off and he stood at attention like this. Yeah, isn't that and, uh, cool? I just got down in the car park on my knees and just started praying over his knee. And uh, when I came up, I said, how's it, man? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's better. And he like, got all emotional, gave me a big hug. And um, I was like, I walked off. And what was cool is when I went back to the car, I could see him. But he couldn't see me. He had his back to me. And he's like, put the cane in his other hand. And he's leaning up against the car. And he's like, kicking his leg around and that. And, you know, he threw a cigarette on the ground. And he was like, oh. And as I drove out of the car park, I pulled up beside him and I just said, hey, how is it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, man, it's better. Hey, thank you, thank you. I'm like, dude, God loves you, man. He, he loves you and I just want you to know that God's thinking of you. He, he, he's thinking about you right now, you know. And uh, I just waved to him and drove off. Isn't that a great story? <laughs> so, yeah. That's cool. fantastic. Yeah. Now, Anton, I just got one quick question for you. Have you seen everybody healed that you've prayed for? Uh, no, I haven't. I've probably over the years prayed for hundreds of people and uh, there's a hundreds of people that haven't been healed but okay. the least i can do is is pray for somebody that's right yeah, yeah. fantastic and, and this is the point we step out in obedience and you know this is the cool thing we share the great stories but i almost like to hear five of the stories where he didn't see um god moving because they're just still stories of faith and still sto- stories of obedience you know that's it's up to god what what god does and it's the same even here this morning as we'll pray for people so good on you anton great job all right. Final category, I'm going to move fast, is the vocal gifts. Uh, you know, these are obviously to do with the voice, their prophecy, uh, speaking in tongues. Uh, many of you know Pastor Larry uh, often moves in this to speak uh, uh, in tongues over the whole church. And uh, the scripture tells us if somebody speaks in tongues over the whole church, make sure somebody interprets. That would be uh, how we manage the, the gift of tongues, even in our own church, we've always operated in, in that way. But certainly prophecy would be the one that we know mostly, we speak of most of the time. Prophecy is just speaking in a language that we understand, and it oftentimes speaks into our future. It's an encouragement from God into our life on some area that builds us up, encourages us. In fact, Scripture is very clear about this. Prophecy to the whole church should be about building us up, supporting us, comforting us, other words given. That's why on a Sunday you'll see people, if you come forward and you've got a sense of something I want to speak to the church, often we'll check it with one of the pastors. It's not because we're the authority on everything, but it is just filtering out. Is it a word that's going to build up the church? Because what's interesting, of all the gifts, I always find this fascinating, of all the gifts you'd think, which would Paul think is the, the most important gift? Well, you'd think he'd say healing, right? That's what you want to see or miracles. No, Paul puts prophecy right up the top of the list. Now, why does he do that? <clears throat> because he loves the church. He loves the corporate gathering. He loves people being encouraged together. And this is such a truth when it comes to the spiritual gifts. They're never about glorifying one person just meeting the needs of one person, they can be. But Paul's saying the best, when they're working the best, man, everybody's built up. That's why he puts such a stringent um, guideline around the message that's spoken in tongues because he's saying, I want to make sure that everybody understands. If nobody understands, what's the point of that gift? 
So this is why prophecy matters. And man, prophecy can be such a great help. I saw people being prayed for in the first service and somebody had a prophetic word and I saw faces light up. It's like, I oh, thank you, God, a, a sense of direction uh, for my life. Or Now, you could talk a lot about this. Oftentimes, your good wisdom will say prophecy should confirm what God is already doing in your life. Uh, certainly, you want to check out uh, the prophetic messages that might come to you and get wisdom from other people. Always, does it line up with Scripture? You know, starting to talk too much, but I remember a famous story of a preacher of a large church that said somebody had a prophetic word that they, the church should put all of their weeks, tithes and offerings into the, um, the, the local Powerball, the lottery that was running that week. I have a word from the Lord. You've got to put it all into the Powerball. It was pretty easy. He said, I don't think it's a word from the Lord because the scripture tells me not to, not to gamble, right? It was pretty simple. It didn't line up with the word. But prophecy is there to build us up and, and equip us for the things that's ahead. So what is the response from us? What is our response to be? Well, again, we're going to worship right now. We're going to seek God for the gifts. But we should be praying and seeking God. We should be desiring them. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it doesn't tell us, tell us to desire the gifts. It doesn't. It, it, it cannot even use words that limited. It says eagerly desire the gifts. What does eagerly mean? It means sitting on the edge of your seat, leaning forward, saying, God, what have you got for me? I'm not just going to sit here with my arms crossed. Maybe, maybe not. God, what have you got for me? I'm eager to receive from you. I love the story of Anton as a guy that has been eager to see God minister to him in that way. He's learning about them. He's stepping out in that. He's eager. We eagerly desire the gifts. And for us, we've got to eagerly desire these gifts. Scripture talks about Elijah in James 5.17. He says, Elijah was a man just like us. I think James is making a point. This is Elijah, the great prophet that did wonderful things. We sort of think, oh, Elijah must have been special, right? No, he's saying Elijah was just like us. He had issues, he had doubts, he had worries, he had concerns, but he was hungry for God. And this is our truth. We're hungry for God. We believe God. I think this is important. We've got to believe God in these moments. God, I believe that your gifts are good. I believe that you give spiritual gifts. I believe, God, by faith that you can operate in these things. So right now, we're going to, as Timothy tells us, as Paul tells Timothy, we're going to fan the flame. And I, and I pray that it's not, again, a moment, but it's something we carry with us into our week, into our weeks that come, into the months that come. We fan the flame of these spiritual gifts. We're going to have a time now where we'll both receive the gifts and, and see them operated. We're going to begin to worship, but first of all, we're going to just pray for healing for people. Maybe you're sick in your body today, or maybe it's beyond that. There's another issue that you're carrying, though, in yourself. It might be psychological, or it might be an area you need breakthrough in your life. We had people just keen for God to break through in relationships, but you want to see healing, you want to see restoration. I'm going to pray this morning that God would break through in your life. Then we're going to pray for people after that 
that you're just looking for direction and wisdom, encouragement from the Spirit. And we can't make anything happen. It might be that we just pray that God's Spirit fills you again. And, and that is enough. But it might be that God speaks a word to you this morning. And then finally, we're going to pray that you would receive spiritual gifts. If that is your desire, we see Paul praying for Timothy and he says, by prophecy and the laying on of hands, you receive these gifts. There's no rule book about this, but we're going to pray for people this morning that you would receive these gifts. And even as you come and as we pray for you, I pray that you, you know, just, just say, I'm, I'm looking for, I'd love to operate in the gift of healing. Might be a gift that you've had in the past, something you want to stir up or something new in your own life. But the point is we worship a good and a gracious God, a God that has gracious gifts that He wants to pour down on the church, that He wants to minister to the church. He wants to see breakthrough in the supernatural realm to this church. So let's stand together and we'll pray and worship together. God, we open ourselves up right now, Lord. We open up our hearts, God, for you to move in the miraculous. God, we state, God, we believe in miracles, God. We believe in healing, Father God. We believe in the prophetic, God. We believe, God, in the words of knowledge that can flow. God, we believe in your Holy Spirit power. We open up ourselves, God, for you to move here this morning. And we thank you, God, in advance for the gracious gifts and the gracious way you'll operate in this church. We're going to worship together and then I'll come up in a minute and just invite us to come forward for 